0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam Up Wrestling, myself Subrit, and this is the AEW Dynamite review for September 16th, 2020, and I'm joined by Abhishek Aneja, aka Maniac. What's up, Abhi?
1: I'm absolutely fine, Subrit. How about you?
0: I'm doing good as well.
1: How did you find uh, today's episode of AEW Dynamite?
0: um first off um so we haven't covered aw for two weeks and mm-hmm. a lot of things have happened in that in those two weeks um first off all out was a you can say it was a disappointing per view. the whole Matt uh, matt hardy situation um it was a mess and also dynamite last week uh, crossed a million in viewership so what, else,
1: what is your report uh, regarding these two weeks? Uh, I guess my opinion regarding uh, the pay-per-view is that, yes, I agree somewhat with regards to, yes, it was underwhelming. We were expecting a very, uh, you can say, a higher standard of wrestling, of entertainment and everything with regards to AEW and how they have been delivering shows or their special events. But yes, this time it was underwhelming. Even the match which I was very looking forward to, the FTR match with them winning the tag titles, it was underwhelming. Uh, Jim in his podcast said that it could be because of the lack of audience, which I agree and also because FTR was dancing to the tune of Kenny Omega and not the other way around that the match was going to the tune of FTR and what they have been doing in NXT and TakeOver which the audience and also many of the fans across the globe have been enjoying. There was a lot of, you can say, underselling or maybe no selling at all on the part of kenny omega and, and uh, hangman adam page but it is what it is but the fact is yes it what the expectations for the match were for me it didn't deliver but yes i am happy that FTR has won the tag team titles and i expect good better and stiff action in the future whenever they would be competing in the ring and other than that many of the matches i have not even watched yet because of uh, the lack of time i had i haven't watched uh, the mimosa mayhem match and even the main event i haven't watched but i have heard whatever happened uh, it is what it is even uh, the casino, Battle Royale, the thing which happened with Matt Sadell was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. That is all I can say. And Dynamite, it is great. Last week, they hit one million viewers. The show was okay. Not very great. But yes, I am happy that they hit a million viewers and they should capitalize on the said you can say, viewership, the said achievement. And this week, it looked like that. It was, uh, in my opinion, a great show this week.
0: I think this week's Dynamite was, uh, in my opinion, not that good. But it was okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, to break down, uh, hour by hour, hour one was good. But hour two was uh, not that good. Like the quality of the show
1: went a little bit down. It was a wrestling heavy show this week. That is also a thing. And I uh, really enjoyed the main event. Uh, I read some comments regarding that online that uh, JR called uh, his best main event or something like that. What is your opinion regarding the main event? We are not going in detail right now we will go it in a bit but what was your reaction with regards to the main event the parking lot brawl
0: I think I will save that for the ending okay shall we get into the uh, card the show
1: yes absolutely
0: so this week's dynamite featured uh, Jurassic Express versus FTR MJF was back in action Hangman Page uh, faced Frankie Kazarian, Thunder Rosa defended the NWA Women's Championship against Eva Ivalice and the main event like you said was the best friends versus Santana and Ortiz in a parking lot fight and so much more. But before that if you are new to this channel then make sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on the bell for all notifications. We here in Slammer Wrestling cover all pro wrestling related stuff including reviews for Raw, Smackdown, NXT. AEW Dynamite and New Japan as well. So action starts with the Jurassic Express versus FTR. So before the match even begins, Young Bucks come out and they super kick the referee. They head to the back. uh, Matt Jackson paid his fine to the Sugar Man Tony Khan. We get to this match. uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Cash Wheeler start. FTR tried to bring Jungle Boy in their corner but... Uh, Jungle Boy escaped, quick offense from Jungle Boy and tag was made to Luchasaurus, FTR asked for timeout and a slight distraction and a cheap shot to Luchasaurus, FTR with a double team on Luchasaurus but instead they eat close lines uh, from Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express in control, tag made to Jungle Boy, Uh, Wheeler catches Jungle Boy in a power slam which gets a two count, FTR now in control grounding Jungle Boy in their corner, at one point, Wheeler missed a dropkick, jungle boy was about to tag Luchasaurus, uh, in comes Harwood and he stops jungle boy from making the tag. Uh, jungle boy with a close line to Harwood and he finally makes the tag to Luchasaurus who runs wild. Uh, Chokeslam standing moonshot combo on Harwood gets a 2 count. FTR tried to go for a double team suplex but failed. Uh, jungle boy in, uh, they hit a double team move on uh, Harwood. So final parts of the match So Wheeler sending Luchasaurus over the barricade into the crowd. Harwood and Jungle Boy were uh, legal. Sunset pin attempt from Jungle Boy. Uh, Harwood counters that and a little assist from Wheeler uh, allows him to to pin uh, Jungle Boy. And that was it. Uh, This was I think another great FTR match. And I am noticing a little trend here. Every time uh, they wrestle uh like tag teams with a very high pace style they always slow them down first and after that after that only they are allowed to do their sports when it's needed. Uh what did you think about this match?
1: Hmm. I, I I agree with that yes. And that also goes with what uh, story you are trying to tell uh in the match their ftr style is like that rather than doing the uh, spot fest they do the storytelling kind of match the old school match they the firstly the heels or the antagonist will get the offense in and then the baby faces will get their offense here and there when uh it's needed that is there basically the story because here at this point ftr is the premium team jurassic express isn't even ranked and the fact is ftr uh, the stipulation was that if jurassic express won this match they would get a title shot in the near future that didn't happen, obviously, uh, and the rundown was, as you said, Young Bucks super kicking Michael Posey, the initially appointed referee for the match, using their new attitude, not giving a flying fuck, basically a throwback to their days in the Bullet Club, and whatever they did with PWG, uh, He they... Many a time, super kicked the referee, that is Rick Knox. He is a referee here too. And FTR laughed it off, their antics, their phony attitude, basically. And if I look at it at uh, personally, it looked phony because the fact is, I don't know, maybe they need acting classes. <laughs> I don't know. The fact is, it is what it is. They, because here what has happened, ftr has basically ruined the elite. They have split up and traumatized the relationship of Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And even the Bucks with the other two for that matter. Jurassic Express is unranked, yes. FTR didn't just hand them a title shot. Yes, that was the stipulation. FTR applied the isolation technique to a great, you can say, extent on Jungle Boy, focusing the attack on the ribs and the bread basket. And obviously, you saw that they were doing the psychological warfare on Luchasaurus. That you are not getting in. We are hitting your friend. What are you going to do, basically? Until the hot tag. We witnessed classic tag team wrestling display from FTR. No doubt. Assisted double team moves. Isolation technique. Not letting jungle boy tag. By cutting him every time. Sliding in, cutting him. Multiple. And we also saw multiple near falls and counterpins between the two teams, Great! it was a great match, one of, I would like to say, one of the better matches of Jurassic Express, in my opinion. And at the end, yes, FTR won with an illegal assisted pinfall in the roll-up for the victory. Jurassic Express won't be getting a title shot as per the mutual agreement or the legal stipulation. But probably they would be butting heads in the next couple of weeks. And we might see a tag team title match between the two teams anyway. But how it gets to that point, we have to see.
2: Yeah, it will
1: depend on the ranking system now. Most probably, yes. And if not, then we will see what happens. With There would be promos or they would get another shot uh, maybe with regards to another non-title match and there would be no illegal stuff which FTR did. Something like that or singles matches happening between one or two competitors. We have to see what happens.
0: So next, uh, in the back, uh, we had Captain No Charisma, Alex Marvez. So he was giving an update on Matt Hardy, who was laid out and he was favoring his knee. Uh, private party were attending him. Chris Jericho and Jake Eger show up. Uh, they make fun of Hardy. So I believe we either see a small uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, I'm saying Jeff, Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho feud or somewhat continuation of the Sammy Guevara feud? What do you think?
1: Uh, I would uh, agree with the first one. Maybe a Jericho and Matt Hardy one or Sami Guevara and Matt Hardy's feud has been nothing but a clusterfuck, to be quite honest. It hasn't gotten the push from the I should uh, say the universe, it has uh, put on blockages and stoppages, and it seems that it isn't going to happen, that whenever you will do it, which the universe isn't pushing for that it it would never happen. So the fact is you should leave it and put forth a new set of competitors so. Matt Hardy and Jericho, you can do that, fine. You can do Matt Hardy versus Jake Hager, that's also fine. But the fact is, Guara and Matt Hardy don't do something which isn't happening now. It isn't happening. It is getting too much blockages. It is getting too much resistance. So the fact is, don't do it at all. And we never saw Sammy Guara in this week's show. So I don't think that maybe Gowara is the part of the plan. Hmm. And and also Matt Hardy said in his uh, promo last week that he would be concentrating on healing and getting care of the family and stuff. So he would be competing in the ring in some time, not in the uh, near future, but maybe in the distant future he would be getting in the ring. But I should say that maybe whatever you have done with regards to Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy, just leave it. It has been done. It was great. Whatever you have done in sporadic events, but maybe it isn't uh, got to happen. Maybe it just seems like that.
0: So next match was Frankie Gazarian versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Kenny Omega was on commentary. So this went about, I think, more than 30 minutes. Um, the early parts was just a basic match. But it really picked up when we saw uh, several quick reversals. Uh, mm-hmm. We also got mm-hmm. to see a lot of uh, near falls from both men. Uh, final parts of the match saw uh, we see more reversals. Uh, Page then finally hits buckshot lariat, and that was it. I think the main motive of the main motive of this match was to give Page a good showing because now that he is back as a singles wrestler. And uh, I am gonna talk about the post-match stuff. Uh, but what did you think about this match?
1: Um, I agree with your point with regards to Adam Hagman Page being uh, shown as a singles uh, wrestler that he has what it takes and uh, aw also thinks uh, that adam hangman page has the potential to be uh, the face of the brand for that matter so if they are going forward with uh, adam hangman page versus kenny omega in the near future so they're building up towards that that was the basic story and regard with regards to the match and What has transpired to this situation that was also accentuated by, of course, Kenny Omega on commentary and the other people who were there. And we have seen bits and pieces of the said story on uh, Being the Elite on YouTube. If you are following, you have seen what has happened. Adam Hangman Page in this match. looked visibly affected by whatever developments have happened throughout the previous weeks which have led to a chink in the relationship of him with the elite basically and we also saw that uh, heard and we have heard it now for two weeks that kenny omega wants to go for a singles run meanwhile adam hangman page Still wants to redeem himself for the betrayal by regaining the tax traps with Omega. Now, Omega thinks this was uh, all on commentary, and whatever has happened, we can, you know, get it from common sense that Omega thinks that Paige is an alcoholic liability and a naive millennial cowboy who doesn't even know how to be an quote-unquote emperor he thinks page is a codependent bitch as uh, he said that he always needs a tag partner and blah 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 omega doesn't like losing as many of us don't all of these could be a reason that for omega not being with page anymore omega wants to have a singles run and wants to do and be what he was in japan mm-hmm. he isn't even anywhere close of how he was in japan people say that it was the likes of okada Naito, Hishi, who were the reason for those five stars six stars seven stars matches with kenny omega is it so or is it not so now it has come to his head him being kenny omega that it is a time for omega to prove it this singles match what has happened Kazarian versus Hangman Adam Page. Now, come back to the match. Can you make, uh, sorry, Adam Hangman Page and Kazarian manifested from the initially booked tag match between SCU and Omega and Page. That was also said on commentary. The first and second tag champions of the promotion. Great match. I agree with you. Great match between Kazarian and Hadam Hangman Page. Great back and forth. Hangman slowly found his groove during the match for a, you can say, a singles run. The pump handle Death Valley driver was also just too sweet by Page. Kenny Omega was emphasizing throughout the match the fact that Kenny, sorry, Hangman Page. Being a co-dependent bitch over and over again. But Hangman Page at the end came out on top. Against a very game Kazarian. Page won via pinfall with
2: a buck short landed. That oh, was oh. this match. Yeah, so post-match Omega left
0: commentary and commentators were discussing that it was little odd that Omega didn't congratulate Page on his win. Uh, Even Page noticed that and instead he got a post-match drink. So it's clear what direction they're heading to, but still there is some unpredictability on what Omega will do, what the Bucks
1: will do. Hmm. I agree. I agree. And that is what it is intriguing and that is what it is exciting for us to see that what will happen next week. So next we had MJF
0: versus Sean Dean. This was just a quick match. MJF with a poke to the eye and locks in this thought of the Earth submission. And that was it. MJF then cuts a post-match promo. He said uh, he's he's a very honest man. He said Moxley cheated him at All Out and right now he should be the AEW World Champion. He then orders Justin Roberts to announce him as the undefeated, undisputed, uncrowned AEW World Champion. MJF mentions he will not get a fair shake as he is not part of his table. He says how there, how there is a new one every week. He calls <laughs> himself a lone wolf but he considers joining a wolf pack. Does this mean MJF
1: is joining a faction? Uh, It
2: seems like that,
1: I I don't know. And uh, with uh, regards to what we saw in the opening scenes last week, it seems like uh, this is heading towards the inner circle, Mm -hmm. probably. And it would lead to MJ versus Chris Jericho, something like that. But how it comes about to that point, it may be long-stretched and it should be, in my opinion. If you are going to book a feud with regards to the two top heels for bad guys, if you think like that and two of the best promo guys, then you should not give away like that in a span of one month so maybe you should stretch it out build a story like they did in the WWE like uh, Kevin Steen and Chris Jericho did a story which stretched from I guess SummerSlam to WrestleMania I guess
2: Yeah, correct. So,
1: I think that would be a better thing to do. And they would also be thinking the same way, probably.
0: So, I am seeing through the factions right now in AEW. Uh, Let's see. Dark Order doesn't suit him. Eddie Eddie Kingston's team doesn't suit him. Uh, how about team tasks? that's not happening. Like you no. said, inner circle, inner sorry, inner circle that can happen. Mm. But I was thinking another. I uh, had another uh, what I can say plan in mind or story possible booking in mind.
1: How mm-hmm. about the rumored four horsemen? Rumored four horsemen. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, so. You are thinking for FTR and MJF and Cody.
2: Yeah, that could work, I guess.
1: Or what? Uh, if you are thinking for Horseman, then what would you be thinking? You have FTR, you have MJF, and who else? Sean Spears.
0: You can add Sean Spears. But uh, the other member has, has to be Cody,
2: right? Hmm. Sean Spears is the king
1: of AW Dark. Really? Uh, probably. Because I won't be uh, seeing him as a part of a faction, maybe, I guess, on AW Dynamite. I want to see him succeed. No doubt about that. But is there room... At least for, for a short term...
0: At least for a short term... Uh, Storyline... MJF should be... Part
1: of a faction... I agree... I agree... That would work... That could work... But his style... I agree... Whatever his style is... And what his persona is... that. Yes, that meshes with the vision of four horsemen. Hmm. I get that. That would also work. So we have two possibilities, either the inner circle or the coming of the four horsemen.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So let's Let's
1: wait and
0: yeah, let's wait and see. And yeah, there is a possibility of that Jericho and MJF feud or match. Mm. Next, we see a video package of Taz analyzing Ricky Stark's moveset. Back in the ring are Eddie Kingston and his boys. He tells Butcher and Blade to go outside. Kingston reminds us that he never lost the battle royal and how they are not a faction but an actual family. Kingston orders Butcher and Blade to find some victims. They pull out three, guy, uh, three guys from the crowd and beat them up. Lucha Bros join as well and that was it. Um, I think Kingston at the end of that segment uh, told uh, Blade that he should uh, get rid of his personal problems. Maybe uh, I think that was a shot at Ali. I
1: guess. Oh. That... I, I didn't get that reference, but now I think of it all right.
0: So another thing, another question I want to ask you. Hmm. So this Eddie Kingston thing, uh, hmm. was, he, was there any false elimination in that battle royal or he is just not accepting the
1: fact that he got eliminated? What is the thing here? I'm confused here. Uh, I have... Uh, Read some comments online with regards to it that uh, there were uh, People who said that Eddie Kingston wasn't eliminated. He went through the second row and then he got eliminated from the casino battle royale so I guess maybe he is not technically out of the match I guess so if that is what happened because I escaped through it basically you have caught me Mm -hmm. basically I didn't watch the whole thing I watched the initial part and then I skipped and then I saw that it is going very 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 long and then I skipped through then I saw the end To just see that who won. Then I saw Lance Archer winning. I was very happy. That yes. The fact that Lance Archer is winning. A guy who is legit. Who can be a world champion. Is winning. I am happy with that anyway. So. Whatever the thing is. Maybe what Eddie Kingston is saying is true. Whoever watched. The last minutes of the said battle royale could tell you a better story or a better perspective with regards to what actually happened that is my take with regards to the battle royale thing and what happened in this segment other than what the point you said with regards to ali Ali isn't, hasn't, uh, we haven't seen her here uh, as a part of the faction in any way, have we? No, she's so, still with Q.T. Marshall and the
0: Nightmare hmm. Family.
1: So it seems like uh, like that that they would be feuding with the Nightmare Family or uh, natural nightmares, whatever, whatever. Nightmare
0: Nightmare Family is the unofficial uh, faction. Uh, Natural Nightmares is the tag
1: team. Yes, the tag team. Yes, I am talking about the tag team. I am talking about the tag team. Probably, it it would be the next step. And with regards to the ending segment, whatever happened, Eddie Kingston, as you said, you ran down the facts that he brought up the fact he wasn't eliminated in the Casino Battle Royale. In the end, fair and square, he got Phoenix and Pentamon Jr. in the ring and gives them a dose of quote unquote violence therapy to sort their issues out. That what happened last week on AW Dynamite, that basically they got in the faces of one another, the lucha bros. So it was a therapy session with the use of violence and it involves butcher and blade tossing a couple of enhancement talent from the crowd and the lucha bros taking out their anger taking out whatever they have in their brains the unresolved issues the unresolved trauma on them and it is executed to perfection then kingston did what you said he asked blade to get his house in order so now you have said that it is in reference to ali all right let's see what happens
2: Uh,
0: next up we had private party versus chris jericho and jake hager this went 13 minutes Uh, both Quinn and cassidy got two great near falls on uh, jericho in this match so, I am going to jump straight to the finish. Uh, so, Cassidy was going for the Swanton but he misses. He eats the Judas effect and that was it. It was a very typical private party match. The pairing of Jericho and Hagar didn't do much for me. And honestly, I don't like this uh, tag team. I would rather have appreciated if they uh, got Jericho and Guwara instead. Because that pairing looks way better. And we all know how. Or they can be as a tag
1: team. Mm-hmm. I I agree with that. But the fact is, uh, it could be that they would also want to you can say showcase Jake Hager as a competitor, uh, give him screen time. So that could be the reason that why we are seeing Hager and Jericho on screen. And maybe it could also be a factor that they want to keep Sami Guevara and Jericho a little, you can say, separate, or maybe due to the fact that they would be thinking that maybe in the near future, they would be thinking for a feud, or uh, you can say, due to the difference of opinion. With regards to Jericho and Sami Guevara, with regards to the generation, and with regards to the clash of styles what they have in the ring, that could be a great match. So this sh- I do not understand that. Uh, that could be a reason. And uh, Sami Guevara was just in a, you can say, uh, quote unquote, hot feud with Matt Hardy. So they. Got to have Jake Hager with Chris Jericho. Sami Guevara could not be everywhere. They got to have someone else. So they are going with Jake Hager and Chris Jericho, a pairing of you can say experience, strength, and wrestling prowess. That is their main, uh, you can say arsenal, and private party have the speed and aerial prowess. So it is a clash of styles and it is a great watch for the fans as well. Jericho and Hager were ex-WWE guys, so that also brings in the ratings factor that many people know Jake Hager from also Bellator from WWE. So that also brings in ratings uh, for AEW, for the fans tuning in. So that could be one of the reasons, that's it. And with regards to the match, Matt Hardy was seen injured, as you said, uh, in the initial part of the show, of the broadcast. That was one of the reason of this match being manifested and also it was booked, obviously. So they had to have a little element Added to the match, so that was Matt Hardy's Injury that who injured him who attacked him Maybe it was the inner circle Isaiah's Isaiah Cassidy's back Was the focus of the attack by the inner circle in during the match Hager and Jericho pummeled him Heavy with scoop slams, with submissions, and all the stuff. And at the end, Cassidy's swanton bomb and homage to Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy's brother, proved fatal for his team. As Jericho capitalized with the second attempt of the Judas effect, finding its mark. Jake Hager and Jericho won via pin four.
2: That was the match.
0: But still, I, I would rather have uh, Guara and Jericho
1: instead of Hager and Jericho. That's yes, they are more entertaining. I, yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. I also would prefer Guara and Jericho. They have to find now something else. They were trying to fill in uh, Govara with Matt Hardy, but the fact is it is not happening. The universe is just bringing blockages with regards to that feud. So now, pair Gowara with something else. Get him something else where he can sink his teeth into. So that could be a great thing. Let's see. There are million of other things which they can do. Let's see what happens. Tag team division, TNT championship, or any other thing. We had
0: the NWA women's championship match: uh, Thunder Rosa versus Eva Lise. So uh, right away, Eva Lee uh, shoves Rosa. Both, uh, both women exchange uh, arm drags. Lot of exchanges and strikes follow. At one point, uh, Rosa had Ivalice in the Gori special. Monte with a little distraction. Ivalice counters and it's a knee strike. So, final parts of the match So Evolis hitting the snapmare roll kick which got a 2 count. Uh, Rosa catches Ivalice, hits a tombstone pile driver and that was it. So, Rosa looked great here. But for some reason, Ivalice's offense uh, looked little weak. And that could be the reason I I wasn't able to enjoy this match. Uh, What did you think uh, about it?
1: Yes, I also agree with the fact that I also did not enjoy this match as much as I even did. uh, The best match which uh, Thunder Rosa has uh, had on this uh, AEW programming was with... Serena Deeb, uh, in my opinion, even on the pay-per-view, the match with Hikaru Shida didn't, uh, wasn't even that great, to be honest. Shida's offense is strikes. Rosa's offense is strikes plus wrestling. Yes, submission-based. But it didn't, it didn't click. It didn't click. And also, uh, also Jim Cornette made a fact that maybe Hikaru Shida is a little, uh, you can say, uh, her arsenal is more of an independent circuit style of wrestling, which is a little, you can say, uh, more of sports rather than doing. Submissions and telling a story uh, that could be a thing, and it didn't click. It didn't click. That is what uh, they were trying, he was trying to say. The fact is that the expectation of even myself wasn't uh, fulfilled with regards to Thunder Rosa versus Sheeda, and also this match wasn't. up to par of the expectations, yes. Whatever they did, the intimidation games in the initial uh, section of the match, and then other things, and uh, they used uh, Diamante's interruption during the Gori special submission building to attack the team match next week. So, understandable. And they have taken Both of our opinion with regards to a lengthy run for Thunder Rosa on AW programming, which is great. Yes, it is great. But now it has to click with regards to the matches, and also lack of audience also plays a big role with regards to these matches. So that could be a thing as well. And Thunder Rosa's offense is great with regards to the shotgun dropkick which started it all in this match that was also great and this match had stiff action with regards to the exchange of strikes uppercuts forearms submissions being exchanged brawling man wrestling it was great sheeda was scouting watching the match the winner of the match at the pay-per-view in the end rosa won via the tombstone pile driver It is an okay match but we after the debut of thunder rosa on aw television we now expect better matches from her oh, yeah
2: so, yeah, next week,
0: uh, we are getting a tag team match in involving all four women. And about Thunder Rosa, I still think they should have put the title on her at All Out.
1: They could have. They had the chance. But the fact is, they, it, it diminishes and it puts the stock down of their current champion, the AW champion. So, they could not have done that. That simply would have meant that NWA is the superior promotion with regards to women. And AW is the inferior promotion. Which is a fact, I, uh, but you cannot say it out loud by just giving her the championship. Playing it safe. And it has been happening since ages. Whenever it has been booked, it has happened. Now, and it was the first match, so it could happen that whatever happened post-match, that uh, we saw uh, Diamante ambushing Thunder Rosa, and then Hikaru Shida came to the aid and cleared the ring, and then held the NWA Women's Championship and looks at it rather enamored for a while and then hands it to the rightful owner thunder rosa so it can seem that hikaru shida is interested in the nwa women's championship so we can see a future nwa women's championship match between shida and thunder rosa possibly I
0: i won't mind that
1: yes I won't either and then probably they would have Thunder Rosa winning the match then it would tie at 1-1. But at,
0: at the end of the day Thunder Rosa needs to be signed with a legit
1: contract with AEW. Probably but it uh, AW or NWA whatever suits her. you can say that could be the thing but the fact is still the time she is holding the nwa women's championship she would not be signing any time soon the aw contract unless they have something planned out both the promotions have something that there is a working relationship and something like that and Unless she drops the belt, she would not be signing a full-time contract with AW.
0: So next we had uh, Miro and Kip Sabian working out. Uh, so as Miro was bench pressing, Sabian was cutting a promo, uh, Miro wanted to kill someone in the ring. Sabian says they have to do some work first. Miro says they will be throwing the best bachelorette party ever. And then they suddenly start talking about Warzone or Call of Duty, something like that. So what do you make of Miro being involved in this wedding angle in AEW? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: and is it, is it a shot at WWE for uh, the Lashley, Lana and Rusev angle? Or is it something else that they are doing it? Uh, with you can say Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford that they are indeed getting married and it is just you can say the stars have aligned for uh, Miro's debut or Rusev's debut and they wanted uh, you can say Miro to tag team uh, for the said event with Kip Sabian as now I can say his old tag partner is now gone basically so I don't know but whatever they are doing if it doesn't have a legit uh, you can say payoff or an entertainment factor even it doesn't get the emotions running off the fans then it is a waste. Yes, I agree. They are uh, they are using the star power of Miro or Rusev that, yes, it, it gets the people watching that, yes, he is here and he has called out WWE and stuff like that, whatever happened last week. And even someone said that Chris Jericho helped him with the promo, uh, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the fact is, his debut was in my opinion underwhelming but whatever they are doing I am giving them you can say leverage do whatever you have to do but make it worthwhile for the fans make it worthwhile do not just throw it away like that Rusev is a great uh, Miro is a great competitor no doubt but have a payoff have something that people watch and actually care. The Rusev, Lana and uh, Lashley storyline, it had many people watching. It became intriguing at one point or maybe even stretched for many people. Yes, uh, purists or who are wrestling fans and who are not fans of sports entertainment, they didn't like one bit of that. But the fact is, it got people watching. It got many people watching and intrigued. And uh, you can see the YouTube views of the said segments for yourself. It, it is a proven commodity. But now, if you are doing such a, such a thing or such a storyline, then do it full justice. Do it like WWE or even better have some elements and do it take your shots at WWE that's no problem but if you are investing in a story then do full justice to that that
2: is what I am saying
0: next we are um, back in the ring Lance Archer and Jake Roberts uh, they come out Archer uh, sorry Archer murders someone from the crowd So, Roberts was on the mic, and I don't know, I think you have noticed this, I don't know if there was issues with this uh, mic or the fact that he has deep voice and it can't be heard in an open venue. So, did you uh, notice some issue
1: when he was cutting that promo? Yes. It was some audio issue, yes. Uh, It could be with regards to uh, his voice, I agree with that. It could be. So, he would uh, have needed a little more on the uh, am- amplified uh, on the mic. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Or else they should have d- done it in a backstage segment.
1: Yeah, they they could have, but the fact is that there were a, uh, it wouldn't have had that impact because there were many people involved in that set segment. It had the other people also. They had Moxley, they had Hobbs, and the other stuff too. So, they could not have done that. Could not have been able to do that, probably.
0: So, let's uh, get into it. So, Roberts, so he was saying that they are being forced to find tag team partners for uh, next week. Uh, Roberts then calls out Taz. Taz says that he's happy to do business with uh, both of them. He then puts over his clients uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks and also praised Archer. Taz also mentions that there was a deal where if Archer wins the AEW World Championship, then Brian Cage gets the first title shot. Archer responds to Taz that his boys are enemies of his enemy. He says he will beat Moxley for the World Championship. John Moxley comes out and gets attacked by both Cage and Starks they send him through some equipment case all of a sudden uh comes will Hobbs with a steel chair he chases uh, both cage and Starks. mostly on the mic he announces will Hobbs as one of his tag-, tag team partners and the other partner will be darby allen so the main uh talking point of this segment was uh, <laughs> of course will hops who has of recently He has been getting a small push, and also he had a good showing in the Casino Battle Uh, Royale. What did
1: you think about it? Yes. uh, Well, Hobbs was, uh, I guess, the news broke uh, yesterday or the day before that, that he has signed a contract with OLLIET Wrestling. It is great that they gave the... You can say the wheels turned with regards to the story at the casino Battle royal with regards to Will Hobbs being given the push and he also eliminated one of the guys of the other team. I guess uh, probably Cage or Starks, one of the guys, or even Archer. I am not even <laughs> I am not even remembering who. But yes, he had a great showing. So we didn't know at the time that what is up with regards to Will Hobbs. And now we are seeing that manifesting that yes, he is in a tag team with Moxley. And he they would be facing Archer, Cage and Starks. It's great. And with regards to the in-ring segment, this overall segment, Eddie Kingston was mentioned by Lance Archer that whatever the fuck you are trying to do, running around saying that you weren't eliminated, you won't be getting a title shot. Because Cage and I would be butting heads and setting this place on fire, literally. So he said that. In... Uh, in the same uh, nearby context and Archer teaming with Brian Cage who has had somewhat you can say some problems with it is a little intriguing also because just a week or two before the pay-per-view AW all out they had a confrontation of sorts in the ring Lance Archer, Brian Cage, they had a face of of sorts. So it is going uh, it may very well be happening that Moxley would be dropping the build to Lance Archer and then we would be seeing uh, Lance Archer versus Brian Cage, but it won't be coming easy or that could very well happen, and it, it would be great if it happens, obviously. But yes, the deal w- between Jake Roberts and Taz, which gives Cage the first shot at AW World Championship, when Archer gives it, yes, it makes sense that why Cage and Starks would be teaming up for next week with Lance Archer anyway. As they have, uh, they do not see eye to eye with Lance Archer. So, it gives. And with Will Hobbs having a wonderful showing at AW All Out in the Battle Royale and eliminating one of the guys of Team Taz and even other people, it is a uh, great thing that he is getting an opportunity in this Uh, six-man tag next week and
2: the hook
1: configure that would have been Darby Allen because he has had history for the past two pay-per-views or maybe more with team Taz, Ricky Starks basically and Brian Cage. So It all makes logic, it all makes sense. This match makes sense. It's great. Uh,
0: Another thing, uh, you might have seen uh, people talking on social media how AEW is just relying on the elite and former WWE guys. (laughs) Yes. The the one thing they are forgetting that... They are also showcasing a lot of people who never had uh, um, exposure from a major promotion. Yes. Yeah, like for example, we saw here uh, Will Hobbs uh, on this show. They also got someone like uh, Anna J. Uh, Wardlow. Uh, most of the people you see on AW Dark, uh, they also mostly never had exposure from a major
2: promotion.
1: No i i agree with that and uh, uh, the fact that even uh, they are pushing or even showcasing uh, wwe guys that is logical because the fact is that uh, how much time it has been since aw has been in existence So if you are building a worldwide promotion, which has worldwide reach, so you got to have, uh, you can say, people who who are big draws, basically. You have to draw an audience. You have to get in the viewers to have overall reach in countries across the globe. So you got to have those people because if you are only showcasing independent stars from your country or the other country, maybe UK or Mexico or even India, for that matter. If they're only independent stars, then you will get a limited audience. If you are if you are relying on the bigger stars as well, and you are showcasing the stars from the independent circuit that is what makes a promotion that is what makes a promotion you cannot rely on only independent stars and only on the ex-wwe stars you have to have a mixture of the two and the fact is what the ex-wwe guys bring in that is legitimacy plus viewership and that is very important for a growing promotion. Many people don't even know what AW is. So the these things matter a lot. WW is how many years old and how many year old is AW is? There is a big difference. So you got to have stars Who will get you the audience, and then it will transcend to other people. Mm. But many people. uh, But the fact is, you are in an age where where taking offense and just bashing other people and being on one side that I'm a WWE guy, I am an AW guy, I am an impact guy that is the only thing that sells and that is the only thing that really matters maybe on social media but if you have an overall hybrid view of the whole thing then you will maybe talk sense that it is important to have legends or veterans or even big stars of other promotions compete on your programming to get more viewers on your show to get that they will buy merchandise you will get revenue you will get more viewership and your company will grow then it will lead to TV deals in international markets stuff like that you have to think like that with regards to a business with regards to a growing promotion you cannot think like that. That they are only featuring XWWE guys, and they only have one show, which is of two hours, and then another show on uh, YouTube, which is AW Dark, which is showcasing independent stars, and then also giving them a platform that how you should conduct yourself and grooming them for television. AW dark is a great thing, I agree. Even if some people are not watching, they're grooming them for the future. That when they would be coming for uh, the second show, which is coming in the near future on TNT, and it would be airing on the international markets as well, then they would be ready. They would be ready. That is what it is, and also... With regards to our Indian listeners and Indian viewers, AW is also now negotiating with multiple TV stations in India, and probably we would be seeing AW dynamite on the TV screens in India very soon. Probably it was. Uh, said by Tony Schiavone in the recent uh, post-Dynamite show, the post-show on YouTube. So, it is a great news for Indian fans
2: of AW and wrestling. So, um, let's get into the main event?
1: Yes, absolutely. The parking lot fight. So, yes, Santana
0: and Ortiz were his best friends uh the parking lot fight. So, this was the blow-off match. Uh, so, Santana and Ortiz, they had face pants on. They brought right away. Uh, Ortiz was being sandwiched be- between a hood of a car. Santana introduced a nightstick. Ortiz uh, was about to swing a sledgehammer at Trent but hits the car windshield instead. Uh, Ortiz suplexes Chuck over the car roof. Uh, Trent speared Ortiz through a door, we also saw a usage of some wooden boards, uh, Trent gets double power bomb through the windshield and uh, so the final parts of the match saw uh, Orange Cassidy uh, popping out of a car trunk, We had a steel, so he had a steel chain wrapped around his uh, face, so he hits the orange punch to Santana. On the other side uh, Ortiz was about to hit a pile driver on Trent. But uh, Trent counter that and it's uh, a, what I can say, what, what did Excalibur call it? Uh, the Crunchy through the wooden board and that was it. So I can say that uh, regarding uh, this match, it was good on the basis of the uh, brutality and the violence that we saw. And uh, uh, anything you
2: wanted to add? Uh, uh, me.
1: Um, parking lot fight uh in this match uh it wasn't uh like it wasn't anything like uh not any traditional wrestling or anything like that so the fact is that i didn't uh make any notes for that matter i just enjoyed this match i uh, enjoyed this match and there were many uh, stiff and hard bumps in this match but the fact is yes uh, i enjoyed it i was thoroughly entertained by the sports and the uh, bumps and whatever the story they were uh, the Trying to tell that uh, basically
2: uh, LAX targeted
1: Trent's mom and just destroyed her minivan basically and they talked shit about her and then best friends wanted retribution basically that was the story of the match. And parking lot basically uh, it is with regards to the minivan and it also gives them some leverage. So it is great that <clears throat> it gets the attention of the fans as well another other style of wrestling, not only the ring, it, uh, it was happening in the parking lot. So it also gave a, a, a new aesthetic for the match. So, overall, whatever bumps that happened—a power bomb or an assisted power bomb—to trend through the glass—that was uh, painful. Uh, some might say it was unnecessary, but the fact is, LAX needed this. LAX needed this because the fact is, many people, including us, have said that they haven't been booked or they haven't had something to sink their teeth into and uh, they are better than what they have gotten. Since their time in All Elite Wrestling, they are a great team, they, ha- they are exceptional talents, they have showed their prowess in the independent circuit and uh, in Impact Wrestling, they, ha- they have been World Tag Team tied, uh, Championships there, uh, held the championships there, so the fact is that they needed this. But they still lost. Yes, they still lost. That was the uh, end of the story that the baby faces would be winning. But the fact is that they're showing, they're showing, and uh, the brutality is what uh, you can say would, uh, stood out and what uh, would be opening the eyes of the AW officials as well that you should not sleep. On such talents rather than being the sidekicks of Jericho they are also great talents yes I agree time constraints are there and you cannot book every uh, people on every other feud but this was great Uh, with regards to the entertainment aspect whatever they did the weapons they were uh, they used LAX brought their a-game and in my opinion and they got uh, they were insane in this match and even best friend got uh, they were great you can say dance partners in this match they they were great as well so orange cassidy at the end he was also a part of this feud in some way because it manifested somewhat in the it overlapped in the jericho versus orange cassidy feud so orange cassidy coming to the aid of his best friends also somewhat uh, you can say makes logic a little bit but nonetheless it also gives lax a little you can say a cushion that a third person came to the aid and that is why they lost otherwise LAX was in a better position and they would have won this match fair square if Orange Cassidy didn't have come and it became a three on two handicap match for that matter and the parting scene was uh, great Sue giving the middle finger to the camera and it was a full circle she got a minivan and that was it Uh, it was great with regards to the entertainment aspect and uh, fans enjoying this match it was pure enjoyment sports and everything like that the brutality the violence yes If you look from a purist standpoint from a wrestling standpoint yes it won't look to you like uh, it was maybe it wasn't to your taste probably
0: but it's time that uh aw started presenting proud and powerful a little bit better
1: Uh, yes now Mm-hmm.
0: Well, sorry to interrupt you, but I think they it's, they should leave the inner circle and maybe join Eddie Kingston's uh, gang. I
2: agree totally. with that. Yeah. I agree because, with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I believe being in the inner circle, uh, their uh, ceiling is a little low, I guess. Not that
1: high. Mm-hmm. Ceiling is a little low, but the fact is they are getting uh, opportunities with, uh, competing with uh, top guys. Even sometimes in singles action, sometimes in tag team action, they are getting more opportunities. Eddie Kingston has just entered the fray. Maybe uh, they won't be getting much of the TV time, or uh, they should be. I'm not saying uh, they should not be. But this should be and santana ortiz would fit eddie kingston's partnership more i also agree with that but what can you do let's
2: see with the inner be-
1: circle the inner circle you have more opportunity you have uh, the inner circle has different people you have santana ortiz who are a little different you have Jake Hager, MMA guy, a little different, you have Jericho, different, Sammy Guevara, different.
0: I think it will be a patience game when it comes to the booking of uh, Santana Ortiz, like we said last time.
1: Hmm. Yes, yes. That would possibly be it. And we would be seeing... Uh, Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz butting heads or maybe somewhat uh, of that sort, it would be happening sometime soon in my opinion that probably oh, they have had an history so they would uh, work together uh, they would mesh together quite well so Whatever is going to happen, it it would be great. They would be, uh, you can say, salivating to work together. And it would happen on AW television very soon, in my opinion. Either as being together or being against each other, whatever happens, it would be happening very soon and it would be great. So...
0: That was Dynamite.
1: Yes, that was Dynamite for 16th of September 2020.
0: So before we go, where can these guys find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Abby Maniac A-W-B-Y-M-A-N-I-A-C. And I am working with an independent wrestling promotion in India named Wrestle Square. You can subscribe to their YouTube channel. That's it.
0: You can find Slam Up Wrestling on Twitter at Slam Up W, Instagram at Slam Up Wrestling. Our podcast and reviews are mainly audio-based. And if you don't want your YouTube app running for that, then you can catch Slam Up Wrestling on Anchor and Spotify as well. This was the AW Dynamite review and we'll see you guys next time.